I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> Gummy, we are here in the postseason. It is a postseason podcast. Our first season, the postseason. I don't think we can take all of the credit here on the Cult of Cult. Thank you all for listening. But I'm pretty excited. I, this is not what I expected. It was not easy. I think we'll talk a little bit about it. But um, how are you feeling with a little postseason pod? I mean, thank God for that winning record we have. Uh, and the oh, NFC yeah. just being the powerhouse that we are. Uh, right. But But overall, we're here. You know, gauntlet. We, we trial by fire. W- whatever happened, we got blessed with the NFC yeah. East. Let's take it. Let's run with it. I mean, that's where we are. So we're in the postseason. Records don't matter anymore. We're going against the oldest man on the face of the earth. I do believe that Tom Brady is older than dirt. But uh, yeah, I read that on his Wikipedia page. He, he, I mean, again, he has Giselle, so he can do something on there. Uh, right. So he's got something going for him. I'm happy for the guy. But Washington football team, we're in the postseason. We're here. Yes. We made yes. it. The first time since yes. 2015 and only yes. the fourth time since 1992 that we've won the NFC East. Unbelievable. I mean, but, listen, it's a, it's, a, it's a conversation to repeat on another day, but it is crazy that it has gotten here. Um, but, but, Brian, see, the problem I have is that I yes. don't know a damn thing about Tampa Bay except Tom Brady and and Gronk and being old I wish I wish there was somebody that could help us figure out (laughs) something about Tampa Bay you're doing this as a a bit I was not ready for um we have another very special guest who you're not related to which is fantastic (laughs) yes uh we got Jason Curtis, who is a writer and producer for Bucks Nation, which is SB Nation's Tampa Bay Buccaneers blog. You all know that if you're an SB Nation type. Uh, he's a co-host of the North and South podcast and the host of the Commissioner's Corner Fantasy Football Show. Um, didn't do me any good this year because I did not win our league, uh, but that's on the Bucks Nation podcast channel. Jason, you're here with us. Welcome. Postseason podcast. And it's the playoffs. Holy <laughs> playoffs. shit. I can't believe it. We're all in the playoffs. We made it, baby. Oh, yes. I think we're mud. We made it. We're, we're, I think, I don't want to draw too many conclusions, and I don't want to be insulting, but I think that the Bucks fan base has a lot in common, more in common with the Washington football team fan base than would be you would expect at first glance, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we haven't hit the playoffs since 2007. It's been 13 years. Um, yeah. You know, obviously facing uh, you guys in 2006, uh, losing against you in the playoffs uh, in January and that that cold game uh, in, in Tampa. I'm yeah. sure it was cold. It had to be, right? Probably in the 40s. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, it's been a while. It's been a minute. We're yeah. excited. Mm-hmm. It's been an exciting year for Tampa sports fans in general. And, and to cap it off with your football team, the team that you've been wanting to get back into the playoffs is, uh, you know, it's just it's icing on the cake. It's it's the cherry on top. And it feels good to be a Tampa native. It feels good to obviously have all three of your teams, your, your professional team. Actually, there's four teams. So the Rowdies actually won their championship. They could not play in the final championship because of COVID. It got canceled, but mm-hmm. they did win their conference championship. So the Rowdies, minor league soccer, who oh, are owned okay. by the Rays, also won 
um, their championship as well. So we actually have four teams here in the Tampa area that have made it into championship rounds. So we're really excited as Tampa natives and it's, it feels good, especially because, you know, you, you bleed, you know, you're bleeding lightning, mm-hmm. you're bleeding Buccaneers. Primarily. Those are the two, the rays are definitely not, not an afterthought, but they're not as prolific. I think as those two teams are here in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, from what I am told, getting out to St. Petersburg for uh, for a ball game is not the easiest. That's thing the biggest to do. issue, and they're trying to move the stadium, and there's a whole bunch of thing. And now that they won the American League, you know, is there that justification to keep them and and try to pay for some things? I mean, they want the city to pay for the stadium always, and yeah, and the former mayor said, no, nope, not not going to happen. Yeah, so, so it's, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out this next year. So you 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 sort of talk a little bit about it. You're, you're Tampa Tampa native, a a Bucks fan, a Tampa sports fan. Um, for those cult of Colts, Washington football team fans, Hogs Haven readers, listeners who aren't intimately familiar with with Bucks Nation, um, talk a little bit about I guess your background, your fandom, the site, sort of how you all fit in there. How would you characterize sort of the community? surrounding Bucks Nation and sort of what what is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan? <laughs> you know, um, we're slightly better than those that stormed the castle um, uh, yesterday. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> no, Tampa Bay fans are, they're dedicated. And there are a lot of folks that have bled creamsicle for several, several years. And for them to now bleed the pewter and red, is just something that flows through their veins. I mean, that in that regard, absolutely. Same in the regards of the Washington football team. Once, you know, once as the Redskins, you guys had those that were going out there, wearing their pig noses and their pig snouts, going out there and making and having a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's how these guys are. I mean, it's amazing. I love seeing some of the fans of these games. They get <laughs> dressed up as pirates. I mean, full, full regalia. And they're out there on the ship. And those guys that were getting nothing, that just decided to dress up, they're working for them now. They're actually, <laughs> hey, you're cool, man. I want you to do our promos and stuff. So they actually come out and and do all that stuff, and it's really cool. And now we have the the Fan Hall of Fame. So we did have Buck, Buck Nasty actually go to Big Nasty now. Sorry, he had to change his name. But Big Nasty did make it into the Fan, the Ford Fan Hall of Fame last year, and that was absolutely lights out. Super, super nice guy. That guy is so cool. Does a lot of great things for charities. Um, I am not personal friends with him. I do know him and I know a friend of mine is very good friends with him and has mm. nothing but good things to say. Well, let's change so that. Big like, you, you guys need to be friends. Awesome. Yeah. Tampa. I mean, yeah, obviously right? Tampa's got a good sports scene. I think that maybe unfairly overlooked, um, despite, you know, cause like there's been intermediate to sustained success. You know, the Rays have gone to mm-hmm. two world, two world series. You've got the Tampa Bay lightning, uh, who've won two cups, uh, the Bucks, you know, they have a Super Bowl despite um, sort of having been considered to be sort of like the worst t- team in history for a long period of time. And that's now since gone away. But um, that's interesting to hear that that sort of is is where things are at. OK, so last question. We're hockey town, by the way. We are hockey, hockey town. town, by I the way. I actually want to hear more about the Rowdies. I want to hear more about the Rowdies. That's <laughs> what I want to hear. <laughs> the Rowdies. The Rowdies. By Either way, I want to uh, You know, yeah. <laughs> Are are you a uh, are you a creamsicle guy? Are you a pewter and pewter and? No, um, I like the pewter. I'm I would say that uh, I've been a fan since the mid aught you know two thousands. So okay, 
Uh, probably about 2007, I started kind of getting really interested into the the Buccaneers. I knew about them, obviously, when they went to the Super Bowl. Sure. I'm originally from Chicago. I was born and raised a Chicago Bears wow. fan. Okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and here's the funny thing. And here's where everyone listening is going to laugh. I liked the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> that's that's I, blasphemous. People, I know. Yeah, I you know. were a lot of people's I houses. Bought, I had a Brett Favre jersey. Well, so my justification was I really like Brett Favre. And then I realized when I go home and I wear that jersey, they kick me out of the house. I'm not kidding you guys. They kicked me out of the house, not my, my freaking house. Get out of here. And I started realizing, I'm like, you know, I guess I kind of just like Brett Favre. And then I started realizing, like, I, hey, listen, you know, that orange and blue, man, it's still flowing through me. So bear down, you know, so I, I, I appreciate the Chicago Bears and what they're doing, especially this year heading into the playoffs. Right. Yeah, um, they're there probably too. just as excited as they are as you guys, obviously, just barely sneaking in there. Well, we right. we, we we didn't sneak in. We barely earned the opportunity <laughs> to end the season, uh, but we're in the playoffs. Wait, hold on. Here. They, 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 playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. 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 <laughs> but with, with playoffs. That, well, let's just jump right into it. Now, the Washington football team limped into yeah. the playoffs. We lost yeah. two out of three. We barely beat the Eagles in what many people are saying was was a, a giveaway, and no one's really arguing that. But the Bucs, on the other hand, since getting out of the uh, their bye week, have gone four and zero. Before you know, trading some wins and losses in the early in the season, you guys come in with with a head of steam. You know, going into this playoff game. What is the switch? Are, are they going to keep that head of steam for the playoffs or is it just going to kind of be has the season ended for them? Well, I think we've been waiting to see what the identity of this team is going to be. Um, you know, B.A. originally came out and said uh, B.A. Bruce Arians for, for your listeners um, had originally said we're building this team around our defense. And mm. we totally thought that that was the case. So, OK, well, it's going to be an even blend of pass and rush and you're going to get Ronald Jones going. And then all of a sudden, Ronald Jones started getting shut down. Mm. And then we started seeing Leonard Fournette dropping passes. And then we started seeing Leonard Fournette not being able to run it from two yards in on the goal to go situations. We started saying, like, what is this identity? What are you guys doing? And then you're passing it to Mike Evans on a two yard goal to go situation just kind of seemed odd a little bit. Um, so we've been waiting to see what this is, what their identity identity is. And Tom Brady coming in, everybody had that assumption that Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich were going to play to his strengths. Mm. He's the one with 20 years in the league. He's the one that kicked Byron Leftwich's ass when they played. So it's kind of one of those things like, hey, I know that you're good, so I'm going to play to your – no, it wasn't that way. And, and Arians very clearly said, you're coming into my system. You're going to play my system. And Brady knew that coming in. And I don't think any of us did. Hmm. So I think we were waiting to see, well, where's these short passes? Why is he bombing it? Why is he looking on first down, right? We were like, first down, deep pass, really? Can Tom even do that? (laughs) We're waiting for, yeah, we were waiting to see, like, what is this really happening here? And then we see a big game, like, against Green Bay. And then we see a big game, like we saw against the Chargers and, and other teams that we were able to manage to pull out the W. But it was very inconsistent throughout the year. And it wasn't until we got our ass handed to us in week 11 and 12 against the Rams and then by the Kansas City Chiefs that I think there was a little bit of check in reality. It was a reality check that that team had to do and self-reflection, especially heading into the bye week. Sure. And once they headed into the bye week, I think they were able to kind of repair things a little bit, take a look at things, sit back. and Boom, man, they came out really slow against the Vikings. 
But man, that second half, you know, they lit it up and they played a full game between that half and the first half of the first uh, Atlanta game. Right. I mean, they threw, yeah. he threw over what, 600 something yards? Same. Just in those two halves alone? Yeah. Well, that yeah. was it. We've been waiting for that identity, I think, since the bye week. That is really starting to shape, you know. Uh, Donovan Smith on the left side, uh, our left tackle, is, is playing a lot better than I gave him criticism for at the beginning of the season. Tom Brady is throwing it, but he's hitting it, and he's doing a good job hitting those dimes to Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown, uh, Chris Godwin, Antonio right? Brown. And, yeah, right? <laughs> Autofill receivers, and that is, that's another thing. That's another storyline is they bring these guys in and everyone just gave the team absolute, just a bunch of shit about Antonio Brown coming in. Oh, he's a cancer. Oh, why are you doing this? And you know what? This is why. Because he can autofill when Mike Evans goes down with a hyperextended knee. He can go down when Chris, or he can go in when Chris Godwin is out with the hamstring issue. That's why. Because he can autofill and he can be a good, good pass catcher in those situations. Yeah. It's, know, so. it's very clear that at least on offense, there's a ton of depth at skill position players. And, you know, from, from where I sit, it's guys who are known even to casual fans and you just yeah. named a bunch of them. Um, how important has that been over the course of this season? I mean, when Leonard Fournette, who, I mean, looked like he was going to be the the next great running back of this generation for a period of time before sort of it went downhill. Before is, Tampa. Before, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. before his last year in, in <laughs> Jacksonville. Let's be and clear. Then, you know, like, with, when, like, I mean, obviously not not to even say, you know, Gronk, who's someone who's known, but the, the, the amount of tight end depth, there was a lot of conversation around here before the season started that Washington would be, interested in taking one of some depth tight end away from from Tampa because like we didn't have one and you guys had just gotten Gronk that was something that was going on that was that was being said so yeah I actually thought OJ Howard was going to be on the trading block to be honest with you he was the most with the most value he had the most value heading into the season I'm like how are you going to do this with three like starting tight ends yeah and And oh no he's like the third one isn't he at this point, well, maybe Gronk. I mean, Gronk didn't. He, well, like, you got Gronk and you got Brate and you've got um, yeah. and you've got Howard. Now Howard's out, so they have to either rotate out someone like Auclair, mm-hmm. um, who who isn't that bad, you know. But uh, for the most part, they play Brate and they play Gronk in yeah. a twelve or thirteen personnel um, formation. Now, now, so it's it's interesting on Fournette because you know LSU produces some phenomenal. Uh, uh, football players just like Alabama sure and and I love actually <laughs> I actually see you know if you notice he wears his uh LSU jersey underneath his Buccaneers jersey I didn't know he's that. been doing that since yeah. he joined the NFL yeah <laughs> if you look underneath this thing he wears uh, his LSU jersey or shirt or whatever but you see the yellow and purple there um yeah I don't know what what the Buccaneers fascination has been with Leonard Fournette I don't think many of us were were a huge fan I was actually more of a fan of LaShawn McCoy Coming into so good, uh, yeah. To Tampa, I was like, "Holy crap, this is awesome!" Like five-time Pro Bowler and coming <laughs> in. And you know what? You know my uncle. He's the uh, I've got a family member who's the director of sports out of Nashville, and he's like, "He's old, Jason. He's old. He's been like, around for a long happen, time." <laughs> well, that's been the like, DC's problem for forever is that we get the guys who are two years past their prime. 
and we get these 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 players that just can't play anymore. But yeah. then you guys turned around and picked up the oldest player known to man to play quarterback who on day one, what does he do? He breaks into somebody's house. So just really trying to be a part of Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. Real, real Florida, Florida man. Shit yeah. Florida man. Oh, I thought you were Byron Lethwich. Let me just walk into your house. Uh, but, but, but with that, even though Brady has about 70 years of football knowledge at this point, how has that 72, 52, but how has yes. that knowledge affected this team? How has that, or do you think it has, do you think his ability as a veteran and won all these Super Bowls changed Tampa? 110%. Okay. Because you've got to watch the games and not the, not the all 22 watch with the ads, watch for the breaks because they're going to cut to Brady yelling at his linemen. They're going to cut to him sitting there and dissecting a play with his receivers. He's, I can't tell you how many times he has chewed out Ryan Jensen and how many times he's gone up to Tristan Wirfs to say, Hey, listen, I know you're young here. You need to focus, right? Right. These guys are holding them account. He is holding them accountable. And it's an interesting relationship between an offensive line and a quarterback. And you've got to be on the same page from a communication perspective, pass protection, et cetera, where the hole is that you're running through, et cetera. You, you've got to have that unique relationship because you've got to be able to call it on a dime. And when those guys screw up, especially all the pre-snap penalties, we were number one in pre-snap penalties before week five. Come on, man. It was crazy. So that maturity, stepping in and holding them accountable – was number one. Number two, you know, let's relax, guys. Listen, yeah, I'm throwing, you know, he threw a couple interceptions and things like that, and I, and I realized something. 12 interceptions, 12 interceptions. Bad situations, no doubt. Bad situations. Russell Wilson, who everyone says, one of the best in the league, 13 interceptions. <laughs> so throwing that out there, right? Let Russ cook, right? But I'm yeah. saying Tom Brady is proving especially – since the bye week. And if you're going to lose against any team, you're going to lose against the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Saints. And that's okay. Yeah. That should be acceptable, honestly. Sure. And we, many of us actually put L's in those columns at the beginning of, of the season when we did our, our season previews and predictions. I don't think I actually thought that they would win against Green Bay. But we how also many, thought how many wins did you have against Chicago? How many wins did you have? I had them actually at 13 and 3. I, oh, wow. I, Three. I, I went up. I went Baller up. I, over I here. gave him the win. I gave him the win in Chicago, gave him the loss at Green Bay, but I gave him the win in against LA, but the loss against um Kansas City. But I thought they were gonna go one and one against New Orleans. That didn't Gumby, happen. how many how many wins did you think the Washington football team was gonna have this year? Five. How many wins did I think the Washington football team would have this year? <laughs> Three. Together. Yeah, you guys are damn close. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. If we put them together, uh, still. Yeah, we we were not expecting. Uh, no, this is this. We're, we're just happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, no doubt. And you guys, uh, obviously, <laughs> NFC East has been struggling, but you do have two teams under brand new head coaches. And you guys sure. have one of the best coaches and one of the most admirable coaches in the NFL, Riverboat Ron Rivera. And he's just 100%. been phenomenal. Fighting cancer during a pandemic has just been um, noble and, and humbling, to say the least. But you guys, you know what? It's just like the New York Giants, to be honest with you. And I'm sure you've done a lot of coverage on the Giants. It's 
they are a better team. When we played the Giants earlier in the year, we we even said that's a better team than you guys give them credit for. They beat like, us we twice. barely pulled that out, but that defense is actually a lot better than you guys really think. Yep. And that was a tough, tough game with no preseason early on in the season. Brady's getting used to a new system, yada, 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 the same rhetoric that kind of was going on there. Uh, but you guys, honestly, I, the only team that I actually was seriously disappointed in the NFC East was the Dallas Cowboys just because of what happened to Dak Prescott um, and and they didn't provide the depth there. Um, And obviously that the really bad hit on um, uh, Dalton, Andy Dalton, right. Courtesy of pretty hard courtesy of Washington. Yep. Yep. Uh, Was that Bostic? Yeah, it was. It was Bostic. $12,000 fine. Was it? And he has now taken a ton of reputation penalties that were soft. Like they're not, that were not. Oh yeah. They'd be, we're we're not, we're not, we're not like bitch about the officiating. But everyone's laser focused on him now. Right. Oh yeah. But but again, like we sit there as a team, we, we have tried really hard to improve our defense and, and, As you, we're trying to be one of the tops in the entire NFL. That is our strength. Our weakness has been quarterback, has been our offensive line. Yep. Tampa Bay, what is your weakness? What can we look forward to <laughs> on Saturday night that would make us go, okay, we have a shot? I don't think that we do, but make me feel good about myself. No, actually, uh, over on the North and South podcast on Bucks Nation, uh, we actually met with Chris Russell of uh, 106.7 The Fan and Team mm-hmm. 980, and he was a great guest of ours, and we were just talking about that. One of the weaknesses of the Bucks all year has been their offensive line. I mean, they have progressively gotten better, uh, that pass protection, um, at the beginning of the year. But let me run some stats from uh, PFF.com. Okay. According to PFF, the Bucks offensive line is ranked fifth best in the nfl uh the washington football team is actually ranked sixth so you guys are right behind us believe Which it or not crazy Shocking yeah and, and chris even said that he even said i i think i need a couple more shots if that's the case <laughs> to, to, to know about it but regardless brady's only been under pressure 24 percent of the time really? on his dropbacks yeah mm. fourth lowest in the nfl uh right tackle tristan Wirfs, rookie he's got an 82.2 pff grade and he's ranked seventh amongst specifically right tackles okay okay sure chase young no doubt is going to be pitted up against donovan smith on the left side on the bucks left side Mm -hmm. and so he's going to be he's one of the most prolific edge rushers in the nfl today he wants tom brady so he's gonna go after him good yeah yeah that's right (laughs) Do you say his mom's I mean, his mom is the biggest <laughs> S talker in the world? She was like, yeah. my, son's, no, really? my son's not there good are... enough. He has not has enough sacks yet. She comes out and tweets and talks to people and's like, my son needs to get better. He needs more sacks. He needs more tackles. And he's like, I got to make my mom happy. Yeah, there are. Wow. Okay, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. There are bad sports parents. I mean, like, <laughs> wow, like ball, like uh, what's his name? LeVar Ball. Yeah, he's yeah. a bad sports parent. Like Chase Young's mom is a, she's good. Like she's she's a she's a force she's a force for good she's not a force for evil but she's like a known entity in in the this the sphere okay so oh my god it yeah. kind of reminds me of my mom back when I was playing pee wee football and she's the one screaming the loudest in the stands yeah. get your ass in yeah no she's good we're 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 stand we stand get your head out of your ass and get in my phone 
we stand Chase Young's mom. Um, so interesting. Okay, so Chase Young, Chase Young heads up against Donovan Smith. I think right. that's probably one of the weakest points there. The other weak point is uh, if you've done any type of scouting, you know that the Bucks secondary is a very weak spot for the Bucks defense. You guys have one of the most prolific wide receivers, Terry McLaurin, and can shred us all day long. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, look at what. Look at what Cooper Cup did. Look mm-hmm. at what, you know, look at what Tyreek Hill did, right? Yeah. Let me go through oh, some stats God. here. Calvin Ridley in week 15 uh, caught for 163 yards. Tyreek Hill in week 12, 269, 269 yards. Cooper Cup week 11, 145. Robert Woods in week 11, 130 yards. So same week we got lit up pretty good. Hmm. Uh, and then 90 yards against Allen Robinson. So yeah, the secondary has been... Playing soft coverage, um, and obviously, if there is anybody on Washington, and if you were looking for any pointers, by the way, just now, I'm sure they know clearly that the secondary is just unfortunately um, not a good area. Uh, Carlton Davis is expected to come back, so he is expected to make an appearance. Uh, Jamel Dean will be back. Uh, well, he he was back last week and the week before, but uh, he's in, and then uh, obviously the rest of the guys are there. I mean, Antonio went. Um, uh, Winfield Jr. has just playing lights out early on in the season. We had him listed as the the defensive rookie of the year um, just because of how things shook out throughout the season. Um, I think that's probably going to go to Chase Young. Probably. So, yeah. Yeah. No, seeing uh, a Winfield Jr. and a uh, Michael Pittman Jr. has made it's the first time I've ever felt truly ancient okay <laughs> just, uh, i was That's like right. wow like, yeah. both their kids holy crap <laughs> yeah. holy, wow wow yeah man because i through i through think there. back about you know michael pittman he, I, wait, so he was good. in that he was in that on that bucks team i think he was on the super bowl the team super yeah, bowl. yeah. And I'm, like, yeah I'm like okay yeah i remember him I'm like didn't he did he just retire i was like no his kid is in the league yeah. wow. <laughs> his kid's like, now playing in the nfl <laughs> uh, yeah it's, and he's not bad he's not bad he's not bad it's funny that you say defensive secondary for for the Bucks because I think um, obviously McLaurin we we are McLaurin believers. Um, he's given us plenty of reason to believe, but I think that position group versus the Bucks defensive secondary, it's almost going to be passing versus pass defense is going to be a weakness versus weakness this week because yeah. we still don't even know. I mean, they're talking about rotating at quarterback, um, depending upon he. It has not. We'll put it this way: it has not been ruled out that they may rotate a quarterback between a guy who's got one leg and a guy who was on the practice squad two weeks ago. Al- so Alex Smith can't actually pivot that foot and that no. calf and throw a deep ball. He can't do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, we were wondering, you know, what his. Uh, true potential was going to look like heading into this week. Um, and I think the Bucks are going to take full advantage of that little carousel that's being planned, that whole strategy between him and uh, and Heineken, as we like to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that'll be interesting to say the least, but I think that pass rush is definitely going to get to him and uh, I think take advantage of, of some of the uncertainty that, that will come along naturally with a swap out quarterback type of situation. Well, and now Ron Rivera could just be saying this so that they have to I watch thought of that. Extra tape. I thought of that, my friend. Very very <laughs> so uh, glad you in, thought that. Entirely possible. He is but, a smart coach. I mean, he, he wouldn't is. be saying it if 
if people wouldn't believe it if it wasn't as bleak a situation as it appears to be. Because... Heineke comes in for one play and he says, yeah, I told you. <laughs> yeah. like, I wouldn't you... put him past him, man. I wouldn't put him past him. I mean, he's a clever, clever coach. He's done some pretty interesting things in Carolina. So sure. I wouldn't put him past him uh, that, that he gets the creativity out and starts uh, bringing out the highlighters and the crayons and starts getting going to town. I mean, it, it may yeah. be what we need at this time because uh, we are offense has been you, anemic at times. Yeah. Just, no. just sad. You, you, you've got to get interesting and you've got to get creative. And it was funny because I even brought it up. I'm like, wouldn't it be interesting if the Bucks pulled off a wishbone formation? Like <laughs> yeah. something crazy, <laughs> like two running backs. What do you got going on there? You got Fournette and Rojo and they're doing a split route and you got two to what the hell's going on? Yeah, I'm like, hey, you got this. Is the time? This see, is the time, man. See somebody Start on the sidelines some... playing Madden, just like looking at plays, like... <laughs> just using like the ask Madden. Like, what should I run here? I'm, I'm you like, start seeing college signs with you know where they have the the crazy pictures. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you know, so it's 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 interesting. We talked about this, I suppose, a little bit, but I think much like Washington, um, the Bucks, you know, they're in the playoffs obviously but i think objectively the best era of bucks football as the best era of washington football team football is um i mean it's it's more than two two decades or two decades two, de- two decades ago we'll call it that i mean the super bowl being in 02 washington not having won one since 91 and i didn't realize this until i was doing a little bit of research i I didn't realize that the Bucks had not won a playoff game since last winning the Super Bowl in 02. So for them to be here, and I, I looked it up, they are eight-point eight favorites in this contest. Um, we're realists, so we're, we, res- we respect <laughs> the line. Um, what's it like having been a Bucks fan? And you say, you know, you were, we'll, we'll forgive your, your Green Bay Packers slash Chicago Bears <laughs> situation. <laughs> It but makes for a good story. I'm sure yeah, it does, for sure. Um, but what, so what does it meant that to see them in the postseason this year after having been really just like a promising franchise for so long, known for fantastic defenses, you know, going to a Super Bowl, winning it with a, no slouch of an offense, you know, like what's the atmosphere, what's the expectation, what's the, the, the feeling both for you and from what you've heard from fellow Buccaneers fans? Well, I, I have to, you know, as someone that covers the team, obviously, as you guys know, you have to kind of wear two hats. You know, sure. you have a fan hat and you have to take that off when you start covering the team. And when you put that on, you have to start becoming a little bit more of a realist and you have to start realizing what the situations are. Um, yes, there's there is high pressure to come out with a win. And there is a lot of, uh, there is little doubt that will come out of this game with a win. Um, Tom Brady is under the most pressure. Max Kellerman of ESPN said Tom Brady is under the most pressure of any quarterback heading into this season or this playoffs, because you're playing a sub 500 team. You're Mm -hmm. playing a sub 500 team. You've got the weapons that you have. You are the greatest of all time. First time Hall of Fame. Like they, they, I think he has a golden jacket in his closet already and he just won't tell anybody, but having the security blankets of Gronk and Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, Cameron Bray, the line getting better, the defense peaking at the right time, there's no reason for you to lose. So that's the expectation. So that kind of elevates where, where the perception of a Brady led team. And it obviously what it, it doesn't help that, you know, he's been to 41 playoff games. He's won 30 of those. 
He's been to nine Super Bowls and he's won six of those. So all of that are just like, I don't think that there is any player that has those credentials. No. I, there is no player that has those credentials. So he is absolutely the greatest of all time, if not being on the greatest team and the greatest system of all time. Um, so the expectation is you are with Tom Brady and you are going to make it as deep as you can. Now, is this the year that you go to the Super Bowl? I understand that that's no risk it, no biscuit, Bruce Arians, and that's coaching squad and that team. They need to believe that they can make it, but that second round is going to be pretty tough because you're either going to New Orleans because there's no doubt that New Orleans is going to win against Chicago, or you're going to go to Green Bay, right? Now, there's probably not a lot of fear that you're going to play up in the cold because you do have a lot of cold uh, weather players. Tom played in the cold for several years. Gronk played. Antonio Brown played. Jensen's played. I mean, you've got a lot of guys that have played in cold weather and not afraid to, right? So that's not really the concern. It's obviously just going against a team that you kick their ass the first time and they're kind of out for blood. So you kind of worry about going against Green Bay, especially in their own home turf, regardless of what the fan situation looks like. That's the expectation. You, you want them to go as far as you can. Um, but realistically, taking off the fan hat, I think they're going to go up against um, – it's probably going to be New Orleans. I think the Rams have a very good chance of pulling it off, so they'll go up against Green Bay, and it'll be – it'll just circumstance. New Orleans, Tampa, New Orleans has our number. New Orleans is just outcoached just twice this year, and I don't foresee them beating the New Orleans Saints if they have to play them. Green Bay, I think, absolutely a chance. I, now, I, so maybe maybe we should be hoping for a Green Bay game. I don't know. I mean, before you guys end up in Lambeau, which is one of the greatest stadiums literally ever, uh, you guys have to yeah, go but, to FedEx. But Gumby but, doesn't have a doesn't have a pirate ship in it. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but, but before they go and have pirate ships in Lambeau, they have to get through FedEx, which Absolutely. is considerably got to look worst, at the, the game ahead. But the worst stadium known to man, like we have, yeah, literally it's the worst pretty stadium. Bad. It's it's horrible. A, a massive lack of pirate ships. Uh, oh, there's. <laughs> yeah. There are like. Have, have you guys? There have are, you ever been uh, to Ray J? Has Has anybody been to Ray J? Ray it's actually not, a really cool not, experience. No, no the closest. I mean, FedEx FedEx doesn't have pirates, but we do have just like packs of rabid dogs that wander around in the parking lot sometimes. Um, and lots of concrete. A significant of concrete, amount of concrete. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so I, good that they have to pump in music because the acoustics are so phenomenally bad. Yeah, but but I, really, I, it's so bad. Don't don't come anyway. Here. We'd love to have you, but please yeah. let's go let's go watch the Nationals play. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but with that, you know, we looked at Tom Brady again. He started off as being a no name. He was a late round draft pick, became something for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in on Saturday night. What or who is the player we got to be worried about that no one knows about? that player that's going to show yeah. up out of nowhere and is going to just hurt us. Yeah. I got to really think about that one because I think all the players are fairly known that that would be making a play. I mean, that, see, that's the thing about Tampa Bay is that they've made such a huge splash with all their acquisitions with LaShawn McCoy and Leonard Fournette. Everybody knows who's starting uh, Ronald Jones and anybody that's playing fantasy, you're probably looking at the tight end situation. So, you know, Rob Gronkowski's there and you know what the defense was being a top five defense heading all the way up until week seven, eight or so before they started having a little bit of a pitfall there, uh, you know, but 
and again, I mean, who doesn't know Jason Pierre-Paul? Who doesn't know Shaq Barrett? I mean, these are guys that are household names for the most part, especially if you play anything like fantasy or, or things along those lines, you're going to know some of those names. Yeah. So it's really difficult to kind of say. Um, but if it were anybody, um, Ronald Jones um, is okay. has been a phenomenal running back for us. And I've been a huge Ronald Jones fan all year, and I'm stuck by him. And I was severely disappointed when he did not hit his thousand yards last week. Instead, they had to get uh, AB paid, you know, with his 40, 45. Yeah, receptions. that's right. Yeah. But that made you know, Ronald news. Jones. I, I actually my original bold prediction for this game was that he was going to run for over 120 yards. So mm-hmm. that was my bold prediction. Um, Ronald Jones could be uh, one of those prolific players that I think the Washington uh, football team, I almost said Redskins earlier. You and Al Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. So Ronald Jones, I mean, he's got 978 yards on the season and, and he's a phenomenal running back. I wish they gave him more chances and opportunities. I think it wasn't until the second half of that season that uh, BA and, and Byron left, which actually started seeing like, Oh, maybe we need to start getting this guy a little bit more involved. He's actually more of a downhill runner than we think. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I suppose they've had trouble with that type of runner at times this year, but I mean, as you recognize the defensive front seven is the strength of this football team. It is. And so it'll yep. be really interesting. I think to see how that 120 yards is bold though. I'll give him, yeah. I'll give you credit, Jason. That's a bold yeah. prediction yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, okay, so we're we're excited looking ahead. Uh, Saturday in the evening, uh, Saturday football, better than Sunday night football. We're still recovering from sleep over here, but uh, not our fault. Um, Washington and Tampa Bay, I, they do have some shared playoff experience against one another. They met on the wild card weekend in 06, which is Washington's. I believe lone or maybe no more than one or two of their playoff wins since the turn of the century. That was it. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at it. That's yep. the only asterisk win right there. Seventeen ten. And then <laughs> uh, the other one, which is still there, are still people, myself included, who like like think very ill of this game when Washington lost to the Buccaneers in two, the ninety nine two thousand season by one point on a botched field goal attempt matt and dan turk gonna be i bet you knew matt oh, and dan yeah. turk off the top of your head yeah um where it was we don't need to dwell on that but anyway <laughs> do you have any strong memories of either those games or general impressions of the history between these teams like when you think of washington so when the nfc east is playing the nfc south you know, and, and it mm-hmm. happens. Uh, what What do you think of when you sort of see Washington on the on the schedule there? Like, yeah, no, I think. And it's there are uh, no wrong answers to this question. <laughs> yes, there is. This is a test of the emergency broadcast. <laughs> um, so honestly, um, I I'm 40. Transparently, I'm 40, um, and I, you know, the years that I remember, the prolific Washington years that I remember, or at least know of stories is the Tiesman, it's the Doug Williams, it's the Art Monk, you know, those are the legendary, you know, teams that I kind of recollect, uh, again, not being a Washington fan. Um, and, and transparently, as a Buccaneers, again, I'm originally from Chicago, I wasn't born a Bucks fan, um, didn't become a Bucks fan until, you know, 2005 2007 until after they won their super bowl 
Mm. And I started kind of getting a little bit more. And when I moved to Orlando, actually, so I was like, well, I need a home football team and I'm definitely not going to Dolphins. No. So, <laughs> so I went with the Bucks when I moved to Florida back in 2005. What happened to Jacksonville? Yeah, no, not that. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> Gummy, have you been to Jacksonville? <laughs> I did. One time I drove through it. I couldn't wait to get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They shut down an entire like entertainment plaza called the Landing because of someone getting shot. So yeah, it's like Yikes. you don't go in those areas. But anyway, no. When I moved to Florida, I I, I went for the Bucks. It was two thousand five. Um, it, yeah. I mean, two thousand six, Washington beat the Bucks right there, seventeen to ten. Yep. Um, and you guys are twelve and eleven. That's your that's your record. You guys have the series on the Bucks of all time. Uh, so not too many distinct, clear and, and memorable moments. I have to admit. Sure. Um, but obviously I know that Washington, especially over the past several years has been someone to contend with and, and you guys, you know, finally make it into, you know, into the playoffs hats off to you guys. Obviously Alex Smith, I have nothing but respect for and, and Ron Rivera and the rest of the team there. Yeah. So you kind of dove into this a little bit. Um, we were uh, the series between us and Tampa's twelve and ten. That's over five hundred. So sorry, sorry, sorry. But that makes us over five hundred, which is something we did not do for this season. Um. So with that being said, with the spread being definitely against us, Jason, what's your prediction? Yeah, you've already said you think that they're going to win, but where, where, yeah. what's the score? Give me the give yeah, me the score. Give us a little little hook here. Yeah, so we usually always go with a bold prediction and a and a prediction um, for the score. I think the Bucks win thirty five to ten. I think uh, I think Brady's going to come out pretty strong. I think they're going to read the defensive line immediately. I think that's going to be the number one thing that Brady Brady's going to say. Chase, bring it, and he's going to move that coverage and he's going to say, oh, "I got one right over you." And that's that's kind of the game. I think it's going to be a cat and mouse game. And and I think you know, hey, you want to? He called him young man. And he said, he is a, he, that young man is talented and he, he, he has a lot of uh, the whole defensive line. He did shift to the entire defensive line. I mean, you guys have nothing but first round picks. So uh, with that said, I think he keys in on that defensive line and he will get it out of his hands as quickly as possible to Ronald Jones or over uh, with a little screen, or he's just going to belt it down. And uh, we've got a couple of great wideouts. I don't think Mike Evans is going to be full speed. So I think Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin are going to be hitting it big. 35-10. My bold prediction, though, I want to let you guys know. This. That's not the bold prediction? What? 35-10 is not, not bold? <laughs> but I think Tampa will actually, their offensive line uh, will hold Washington. And uh, they will not get a sack on Tom Brady. Hmm. They will not get a sack on Tom Brady. That's my bold prediction. Tom Brady's actually, they're going to they're gonna keep him upright. And they're not going to put him in the hospital. Like I know that uh, Washington likes to... to to put their quarterbacks. So <laughs> Ooh, good burn. That, uh, that young, that young man was, uh, was in diapers when Tom Brady was drafted. So uh, I can understand now, why. Now he, to add uh, to that though, it, it, like when someone says young man, that means I got some stuff left in the tank. So you don't yeah. come at me cause it's about to happen. You best not. Man. I He's think... proven it. Yeah, it's Gumby, not, what's even, your, it's uh... not even subjective. It, he's proven it. And he's shown oh, he, that, especially those times. He's the, and, and then his yeah. whole, it, like, I watched him do that golf thing against Peyton and that shot that he had that swung back in the hole. I was like, God damn, 
Tom Brady can do everything. I hate this man. <laughs> that was sweet. That yeah, was that sweet. Was I did watch shot. that tournament. That was oh, fun. God. That was a great highlight. So Gumby, so, uh, sorry, Gumby, sorry. what's uh, what's your prediction for this game? So bold prediction: Chase Young walks away with two sacks. Mm, I'm going to go against okay. Chase on this one. Two sacks for Chase Young. Two However, sacks. we don't win this game. I, I don't think that we have the ability offensively to defeat Tampa Bay at this time. We don't. We can't throw downfield. Uh, we don't. We have McLaurin, but who else do we have that can catch? So I think it's going to be a 28 to 14 game. Mm, but Chase Young okay. pulls out two sacks, gives Tom Brady a little bit of run for his money. But in the end, unfortunately, I think that we do lose this playoff game. I'm gonna. Ryan. I'm gonna say a bold prediction. I like this one. I think we're gonna steal this from you, uh, or we're gonna imitate. <laughs> we're gonna imitate it because this is flattery. Um. I think Washington will win the turnover battle. I think that they will force more turnovers than they give up. I also think that they will lose. I think I think I'm taking the points. I think I'm taking Washington. I, I'm going to go 26-20 is my, wow. is my call. That's a they, random score, though. I'll tell you they, that much. Yeah, it's going to be some wacky stuff. 26-20, I like it. Yeah. That's... They, Think there's they gonna be have some safeties played. in there or something. <laughs> yeah, we are. I'm gonna start. They're... I'm gonna start doing math after this top podcast yeah, ends. We don't do math. Um, <laughs> yeah, Washington has kept it like their margin, their points differential in games that they've lost has been very limited. They actually were the only team in the NFC East with a positive point differential this year. I they keep it close. When they lose, they don't lose by much, uh, which. They, you know, they had a couple of like one possession games, a couple of like one score games that, I mean, we're not in the business of being, of doing the like, well, if they had only done, you know, gone for one instead of two or whatever, we're not in that business, but they don't typically get laughed out of the building. And so I'm going to, I'm going to say it's, it's a one score game. Um, Jason, Jason, thank you for, for taking some time to, to chat with us. Um, Tell the people fun, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, man. You guys can find me at BucksNation.com along with the rest of the team's written works. You can also find the find us on uh, the Bucks Nation podcast channel. Just search, search for Bucks Nation, B-U-C-S Nation. Um, <clears throat> we have the North and South podcast where we do a preview every week as well as reactions. And we also have the Commissioner's Corner Fantasy Football Show. You can find me there or check me out on Twitter at JC Bucks Nation. Thanks for having me, guys. A gentleman and a scholar, Jason Curtis, thank you for taking some time to chat with us. Appreciate it, man. This is awesome. Do it again. Appreciate it, guys. That was Jason Curtis of Bucks Nation. We'll thank him for taking his time to chat with us. He was a he was a good hang. I think we're a good hang. He was a good hang. He he he, he picked up what we were throwing down. If if you get what I'm saying, picked it up, put it over his shoulder, enjoyed it. Make sure everyone jumps at an opportunity. Follow him on Twitter. Really yeah. good guy. Uh, really appreciate having him out here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we gotta. I mean, we're we're in the postseason. We gotta talk a little bit about that week 17 game we don't have to talk too much about it because i mean it it was not a fun watch and not a fun watch because i mean they won obviously you're excited that they won we're nfc east champions we are nfc we the washington football team is nfc east champions that we cannot diminish that 
there everyone's gonna want to. Everyone's gonna want to say, "Well, you played in this shit division and you finished a losing record." And like there, are, they, everyone, there are everyone who will, who can diminish the team and diminish this accomplishment is going to. But I think that's not necessarily our role. And I, you know, there are enough people to say it and think it. We don't. We don't need to pile on. Every single person and every single team that diminishes what we have done. Even though, again, 500 rec- uh, sub-500 record, NFC's champion, would trade us in a second. So, again, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Say all the things you want to say about how bad we were or we don't deserve it. Guess what? Here we are. And you would trade us in a second? So deal with it. Well, here we are. You, you, I've been saying it ever since it became an accepted reality or an accepted possibility that they could get here that you get an invitation to the dance you go you just you gotta go you gotta go for it and you know we have already both given our predictions we gave them at the end of the last segment we both think that they're probably not going to win this game uh tampa bay is a good team they're a good team i'm mad as hell i'm mad as hell that tom brady is still good at football but like it is it's shocking to me part of me there's like a perverse I'm like, what is going on? Like, what deal with the devil has this man made that, you know, because he's not a terribly likable guy. Like, he's like a fancy poodle of a man. Like, he's involved with this, like, TB12, Alex Guerrero. Like, I'm sorry if anyone is doing TB12 method and you're listening to this podcast. So you're not our target demographic. We appreciate you having here, but you're not yeah, our target Yeah, no, we appreciate you. But he also, but the thing is, like, as much as he's not a, a likable guy, He's also like the one of the faces of Under Armour. He's got a beautiful wife. He's a, he, yeah. Like, screw he plays, him. He plays <laughs> screw golf. him. Yeah. Fuck this guy. That's how I feel about it too. And on Saturday, I want Chase Young to tear him up. But let's let's yeah. focus on the Philly game. I'm going to focus on the Philly game. In the yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about so Washington, our NFC is champions. Let's Correct. take a moment to do two things. One, talk about what got them here, and that's the Philadelphia game. And two is. We don't have to take too long doing it at this juncture, but like take a moment to celebrate and sort of actually think for a moment about what that means. And because I, you know, it's sort of, I don't know about you, but to me, it's been a bit of a blur. Um, A lot has happened in the last week. A lot has happened in the last week. Yeah. Let's just Uh, go with that. We'll put it it that way. I, my, I'll talk about my experience watching the game after you talk about your experience watching the game. We were obviously texting naturally. Of course. And tweeting. Um, yes, fifty followers on Twitter. Woo! Gonna get a gift soon. But um, here, yeah, what was your what were your impressions other than it was bad? Alex Smith can't throw a ball downfield. I said that with Jason. He can't yeah. do it. It just no. that's the way that it is. Um, we're probably gonna need Heineke during the game against Tampa. But more importantly, um, we won the game. Yes. I was exuberant. I'm so exuberant that for the NFC champion. It doesn't matter how it happened. We happened. Did, did, did Hertz get pulled too early? Yeah, of course he did. And, and I would rather go into that whole demographic, not demographic, the whole idea of what people are talking about. People are upset because they think that Philly threw the game. Well, so- let's be, let's be more specific. New York giant fans are upset. Because they think that Philadelphia threw the game. No, but... And but, <clears throat> they they were pissed. They were very pissed. The New York Post, very mad. 
Here's my take on it. They were well, pissed no, no, because I'm going first. I'm going yeah, first. Yeah, go for it. Sorry, you, you, you're right. You oh my me, gosh, you gave interrupting. Me the biscuits. You gave me the biscuits. I'm going to eat them. Brian, so, come on. Come on, Brian. Come, give me one shot here. Yeah, no, say it. Say what you mean to say. I'm I smiling. Apologize. I'm smiling. Um, we This game happened, and again, we had Brandon on, who was a Philly person who said yeah. more than likely that they're going to turn around and they're going to hand the ball over to Sutfeld because they want to see what he can do. They're yes. in a horrible quarterback situation with yeah. Wentz, who's going to make a S ton of money if they keep him two games. They want to find out what Sein, uh, Sudfeld can do. Mm-hmm. I almost said Seinfeld because I'm an idiot. But Sudfeld can do, and they put him out there, and that was always their plan. That was always their plan. They weren't throwing the game. They don't work for the Giants. They don't work for the NFL. They don't care. What they're trying to figure out is the next level of their team. They are hitting a salary cap issue. They're having all these problems. Peterson just wants to figure out the next step. So what he did is he pulled Hurts to put in Sudfeld to see if Sudfeld could play. The answer was no. That was the answer. He found out very quickly, and they don't want to pay Sudfeld anymore. So as that's going on, all these Giants fans, because they're little bitches, are just deciding that this is the moment. Oh, oh, oh my God, I'm losing. You know what? Maybe you should have won a game or two. Maybe you should have done better. How about that? You'd be NFC champions. We didn't do great, and we got it. Yeah. Deal with it. Suck it up. They didn't throw the game. If it had been a 1 o'clock game, no one would have cared what happened. That's right. Nobody would have cared what happened. Yeah. So overall, we were the 256th game of the season. That's right. The very end of the season, everyone needs something to yell about because all the talking heads on that crappy channel on cable, ESPN, <laughs> need something to yell at. Yeah. Steven Why Smith, your cable is too expensive. Exactly. <laughs> Cut the cord, people. Steven Smith need to yell about something. You know what he want to yell about is our below subpar 500 team making it to the playoffs. Because that got in the way of another sub 500 team of making the playoffs. Yeah. Guess what, guys? Life is life. We got it. We can celebrate. So the second question is, am I excited? Hell yeah. For the fourth time since 1992, we are NFC's champions. Let's celebrate it. Let's be excited. I don't care about the record. I don't care about the record. We're in the dance. They let us in the back door. I've got a, I, I, I got a, a droopy eye. They still let me in. Let's have some fun. And Chase Daniels, uh, sorry, Chase Young is going to lose his mind on Saturday. And I can't wait. Chase Daniels, very much a Nate Sudfeld type, like yeah, former yeah. Washington the, the football team old guy. quarterback who, that ended up at the Saints. I'm he sorry. Made, he's one. made a lot of money in his career carrying and, a quarterback. And he has a, he has a ring or two. He does, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you said it very articulately. I mean, you 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 put a nice bow on it. My whole I think my argument boils down to if you wanted to make the playoffs, you probably should have won more than 6 games. That's really what it is. Like, yeah. and that's not a ter- terribly original thought or opinion, but like the amount of of like bitching and moaning from New Yorkers and New York Giant fans, um it's like you didn't deserve you know, like you didn't deserve it, and like maybe we Washington, deserved it. yeah, Washington barely deserved it. They they barely just a little bit more deserved it, but I don't know. It's 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 like childish to me. Um, and watching that game, I'll be honest, it was it was a hard watch. I mean, 
I, I was texting with someone said if you don't like this you don't like NFC East football baby <laughs> like this is NFC East football <laughs> at its finest right here slow um, pace and agonizing yeah it's it was brutal um they didn't inspire a ton of confidence I'm I'm not feeling I'm not really feeling um like the team that we saw on Sunday against an Eagles squad that was severely depleted by injuries and then you know I mean Jalen Hurts wasn't playing fantastic football was he probably if they went really 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 were going for it if they like felt like they had to win that game let's say Doug Peterson got to double his salary if they won that game and they decided to go for it. I'm creating a hypothetical here. They probably would have kept Jalen Hurts in, we'll be honest. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, they needed to go into an evaluation. I mean, they they had a game plan, they executed it. Um the other thing it says to me is that Doug Peterson's job is probably safe because he wouldn't be doing that if he felt like his job was on the line. That's kind of just my read on it. I think he probably pre-negotiated this with Howie Roseman, who, again, as we heard from Brandon last time around, people want run out of town, but it doesn't sound like that's going to happen either. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you take what you can get sometimes, and Washington, they didn't make it easy on themselves. That's kind of been the story of the year. They found a way to um, like snatch a, a victory from the jaws of defeat, um, they, we'll, we'll talk for sure. I think when we do some sort of season rev, in review type stuff, which we certainly will, when the season is over, hogs, uh, hogs Haven keeps going. Cult of Colt is going to keep going. We appreciate you taking your time and hope you'll stick with us in this off season. I think as I begin to think about takeaways on this team, they play to the level of their competition. Agreed. Absolutely. They, they, if they have to play a good team, they play well. And when they play poor teams, they play poorly. The fact that the Giants, I mean, they, they lost to the Giants by so, so close. I think that that speaks to sort of the margin. We talked about this, the mar- margin of victory and margin to defeat. have They've not been blowouts, really, except for that um, the Steeler game, which is still kind of an abomination. Because that Steeler team, obviously they fell apart a little bit towards the tail end of the season. They did. After losing to Washington, they were not as unbeat. I mean, clearly, they were not as impressive as they were before the loss. But they're still a good team, and I still think that they're going to be competitive in the postseason. I mean, they, they're good. They are, objectively. But for Washington to go and beat them, but then to struggle against a, like two-thirds or a third of a Philadelphia Eagle team to like just claw their way to a playoff... They played. They played at the level of their competition. Certainly. I mean, you really look at their their wins. Seven wins. Yeah. How many were against the Cowboys? Yeah. Two. two. Mm-hmm. How many against the Eagles? Two. two. Yeah. So that's four of the seven wins against uh, very subpar NFC East teams. Yeah. The the Cowboys showed they're not very good. The Eagles yeah. showed they're not very good, and. Uh, God, I wish we could play the Cowboys every week because that's the only team in the NFL that we dominate. Well, and then to not put too—I mean, to I guess to put too fine a point on it, the other two wins, two more wins: Bengals, not very good; Niners, not very good. 
ended up in, I believe they ended up in last place in that division. And then Steelers, the Steelers. And I think that most normal teams, so I'm going to say like non, non Jaguars or Jets category, maybe even (laughs) the Jets teams. You can count in a 16 game season that they're going to win one game that they really should not have won. It's why survivor pools are so hard. Because so hard. it's not a guarantee, and every once in a while, a team is a teams will beat a team that they're not supposed to beat, and I think that that maybe was that game for Washington, that Steeler game. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not feeling so great about their prospects of winning, but I'm glad that they made it here. I'm. It's it feels much better to be in this position than if they had fallen on their face their faces and gone zero and three down the stretch, with where they only had to win one and you know they did. I th- we picked that they were going to go two and one. They went one and two, made it sort of right up to the the very end. Um, and I guess I'll just sort of say my experience of watching that game was I was sitting there on Hogshaven. You were on the Twitter, very notably and nobly on the Twitter. And um, it sort of came to a situation where I hopped in uh, in, and pulled some overtime duty and ended up writing that recap because it was, I tweeted about this. This is the first time since I've started writing for Hogshaven and since I've been a part of the, the blog that this team has won the division. And, and and it's amazing. I mean, it, in this yeah. process, 2000, 2015 was the last time we won the division. Yep. And it's been five years. Um, and as far as what you do for Harz Haven, as far as what you do for the how you write, I can tell you that uh, you've grown exponentially and it's amazing to hear and, and read what you write. Uh, the Ryan Leaf article you wrote, I actually read it before I knew you wrote it. <laughs> and I thought it was good. And I got really excited about that. I was like, this is a really good article. And I looked over, I was like, oh, 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 crap. Brian wrote this. I didn't even know that. And and we got tweeted and all that stuff. But overall, um, I uh, have been very excited to do this with you. Yeah. And we're going to at least have one more. We're at least yep. going to have one more as a recap, uh, as you said. But more importantly is that I'm proud of this team. Sure. We started this podcast really being who we are after all these years of just not enjoying what we were watching on the field. And Ron Rivera, Alex Smith, Jack Del Rio, Tara McLaurin, Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, all these guys have made it so nice to watch every weekend that I'm super excited about the future. Now, yeah. Ryan Kerrigan may not be here anymore, but I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to do this with you, and I'm excited to do Saturday. Mm. This has mm-hmm. been good. And win or loss on Saturday, our team is better this year. Well, and win or loss on Saturday next week, we'll be back with The Cult of Cult, a podcast that's produced and edited by me, Brian Stabby, my co-host and director of social media, is Gumby. You can follow us on the old Twitter machine, at the Cult of Colt. That's all one word. We're also on Untapped, 
I'm happy stabby. He's at the Cumberland Jr. Has anyone followed you on Untapped yet? I know you zero people, but guys, jump in, jump in. We love yeah, beer. We love it. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify by searching Hogs Haven, a Washington football team podcast. We ask that if you like what you've heard, that you do three simple things, that you subscribe, you rate us five stars, and you encourage one friend to check us out. It does make a huge impact in our ability to access new listeners, and we know your listening time is valuable. We appreciate you taking that time to spend it with us. Gumby, days with you or days well spent. Appreciate you taking the time. This is the Cult of Cult.